first light of the morning, I can see you floating flying over me. In the first light of the morning. This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry and a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, I'm sure you know by now, Russia is in Syria. And they are bombing the people we are supporting. And they're telling us we'd better stay out of their way. And so far, we are. Putin says he's in Syria to attack ISIS. He's fighting terrorism. He's the good guy here. But so far, none of the attacks he's launched have targeted ISIS-controlled territory. Not one. If you read the website, understandingwar.org, and I highly recommend it if you're interested in this, you'll learn this is actually a much bigger geopolitical catastrophe than just what's happening in Syria. For the first time in history, Russia now has the potential to attack NATO from the south. Russia has never had a military outpost that far south of the Black Sea. Their air base in Syria gives them the ability to launch attacks against Turkey, a NATO ally, within a few minutes of taking off. And with their pattern of belligerent flights over the Baltics, over Scandinavia, and along both coasts of the United States of America, it's likely Turkey is going to have to make a decision to scramble its defensive air forces numerous times in the coming months. All of this follows ancient military doctrine. It is classic Sun Tzu and the art of war. That historical text tells military planners, if you put yourself in a good position, your enemy will decide they can't beat you. And you will win without having to fight. Putin is beating the United States without actually having to fight the United States. He's doing it by putting himself in positions where he appears unbeatable, where it's just not worth the risk to us. So why have we allowed Putin to do this? Why have we allowed him the flexibility to flex his muscles? Go back. Go back to the 2012 election. President Obama was caught on a hot mic talking to President Medvedev. This is hard to hear because you hear all the cameras clicking in the background. I'm going to play it for you, and then I'm going to just reinforce what he said. My wife's like this. Yeah. Uh, after my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I trust He said, this is my last election. After the election... I will have more flexibility. Medvedev said, I understand. I will transmit this information to Vladimir. Obama didn't want America to hear that. We heard that, and in any normal election cycle, that would have sunk the commander-in-chief. For some reason, it didn't this time. It should have. It didn't. Let's go back to Sun Tzu. Another famous statement from the art of war is, if you know yourself and you know your enemy in a thousand times, you will never be in peril. Again, let's go back to the 2012 election. 
During a debate with Mitt Romney, Obama demonstrated he doesn't know our enemy. A few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda, you said Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. With President Obama as our commander-in-chief, we also don't know ourselves. This all started because he drew an imaginary red line in the sand and told Assad, hey, don't use chemical weapons. Well, Assad did, so we did nothing. Assad remained in power in parts of Syria. The rest of that country became a free-for-all shooting gallery. ISIS stepped into that vacuum in the north and spread into the vacuum we left in Iraq. So our president finally decided he had had enough. He was ready to act. What did he do? He launched air and drone strikes. But with heavy restrictions, no boots on the ground to actually claim territory. Most of the sorties we fly these days in Iraq and Syria return without ever dropping a single bomb, either because of bad intelligence or because of fear of civilian casualties. Our rules of engagement are so restrictive, we're not even fighting. We don't know what it is we hope to accomplish. We aren't fighting to win. At best, we're hoping for a tie. This strategic weakness has opened the door for Russia. If we had been serious about trying to defeat ISIS and Assad, we would have put boots and machines on the ground. We would have taken territory, and there never would have been an opportunity for Putin to put his planes, and now tanks, and surface-to-air missiles into the theater. Our lack of decisive action has given Putin the opportunity for his own decisive action. Now, none of this should have been a surprise for the president. If he had wanted to know what Putin was up to, he could have just listened to the last GOP debate. Here's Marco Rubio. First of all, I have an understanding of exactly what it is Russia and Putin are doing, and it's pretty straightforward. He wants to reposition Russia once again as a geopolitical force. He himself said that the destruction of the Soviet Union, the fall of the Soviet Union, was the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the 20th century. And now he's trying to reverse that. He's trying to destroy NATO. And this is what this is a part of. He is exploiting a vacuum that this administration has left in the Middle East. Here's what you're going to see in the next few weeks. The Russians will begin to fly, fly combat missions in that region, not just targeting ISIS, but in order to prop up Assad. He will also then turn to other countries in the region and say, America is no longer a reliable ally, Egypt. America is no longer a reliable ally, Saudi Arabia. Begin to rely on us. What he is doing is he is trying to replace us as the single most important power broker in the Middle East, and this president is allowing it. Everything Rubio said in that debate has now come true, except he hasn't yet gotten Saudi Arabia to join him. Russia and Egypt in the next month are going to conduct joint training operations. Everything Rubio is saying has come true. If you read the website stratfor.com, you can sign up for there. Another great insight, a, a great resource if you're interested in geopolitics. If you read that, you, you come to realize Russia needs empire. Moscow doesn't have the strategic boundaries like oceans or mountains that, that we have. 
And that's why Hitler and Napoleon, before him, were able to march so deep into Russian lands. Russia's best defense is territory. It's part of why Putin sees the fall of the Soviet Union as such a tragedy. It's why he grabbed territory in Crimea and in eastern Ukraine. And now he's trying to create client states from Syria to Iraq to Iran, from the Mediterranean Sea to the Indian Ocean. Talk about a reset button. Geopolitically, the world has just been reset. And we now need to dust off our foreign policies from the 1980s. Those worked a lot better than whatever it is we're doing right now.